When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself. Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Cheryl Donovan, and we want to welcome you to Real Life, Real Faith Radio. We are excited that you are here with us on this evening and you do not want to miss today's show. We have an amazing woman of God that is joining us in that of the Reverend Najaya, and I hope I didn't jack up her name, Najaya Brooks. She's the founder and senior pastor of Cornerstone Christian Ministries in New Jersey. It is a parachurch organization serving the body of Christ that focuses on women's ministry. So, yes, I know she and I have a lot to talk about. We have a lot in common. It also focuses on prayer and fellowship teaching and discipleship and evangelism. Uh, Reverend Ajaya travels nationally to deliver God's word by way of conferences, revivals, preaching, and teaching and engagement. The Lord has blessed her with a special grace and talent for marketplace ministry. She is a gifted leader, public speaker, television radio host, and writer, and Reverend Ajaya is CEO of Brooks Media Group, the Diva Zone Enterprises, founding publisher of Diva's Own Magazine, and author of three books. She is a native of uh, Newark, New Jersey, and she currently resides in both northern New Jersey and central Virginia. I'm going to have to ask her about that, how she lives in two places at at the same time. So we're going to talk to her in just a few moments, but before we do, just a few um, hot topics, a few things that uh, maybe we can talk about a little bit. Since the last time we were together, the His Purple Majesty, as they refer to him on many occasions, has passed away. Yes, none other than Prince, who in my opinion is a musical genius, passed away uh, not too long ago. And I believe that for the music industry, at least, or even the entertainment industry, that it was a huge, huge loss. Like him, love him, or hate him, whatever you want to say about him, God definitely gave him some wonderful, wonderful gifts. And I believe that he used those gifts to the fullest. Um, I also believe that we lost uh, someone very special because as as he uh, passed away and things like that, many people came out and told about some of the things that he was doing behind the scenes that many of us may not have known about. And, uh, you know, I recognize that his lyrics sometimes were very, very racy and may have um, – you know, put some people off or what have you, but you cannot take away from the man and his talent. And I will tell you this, he was, um, his concert was one of the very first concerts I ever went to, and it definitely was, um, it was entertainment at its best. I mean, he, he knew how to entertain. So I believe that the world has lost another gift, 
And, you know, I was talking to some of my students. I teach uh, medical students, but uh, many of them are millennials. Many of them are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And they looked at me, you know, they were trying to figure out a huge response or such a guttural response to Prince. And I told him, I said, you know, I don't know if it's even just so much that it is a response to him as much as it is for some of us who are in this age range. It, it, you know, when you look at him, you look at Michael Jackson, you look at Whitney Houston, it's, it's almost as if um, a portion of our life is passing before our very eyes uh, or that particular era is just kind of slipping away, especially when you look at uh, people like Tina Turner and Stevie Wonder and, and Gladys Knight and, you know, I'm sure the list could go on and on. Those individuals are still here. You know, and I, it's just it's just amazing. It's been something to watch. And, you know, I don't know if they'll ever understand it. I told them, well, maybe, you know, as you get older, if Beyonce, you know, passes, heaven forbid, but if she does, maybe you'll kind of understand where we are. And it's just it's just something else to see all of this just kind of basically dwindling before our eyes. Um, also, in the presidential race, we have some very interesting things going on right now. I believe that um, – that, um, Donald Trump is winning Indiana even as we speak, which is very, very interesting. I think that when he began his race or his campaign, that many people did not believe that he would even have a chance. I don't think many people even believed that he would get this far. Most people counted him out well before, um, definitely before getting here to Indiana, New York, or any of those other primaries, but he is still in the race, and that is extremely interesting to me. Whatever he is saying is resonating for whatever reason with, with whoever he's catering to and pandering to. I'm, 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 I'm still not sure if I understand who that is at this moment, but I, I really believe that one of the issues is that people are looking for change, whatever that looks like. People are tired of the status quo. People uh, are no longer looking at a bunch of lip service. They're actually looking for people that are going to take action on these things that they, they're talking about and that they're promising. And I believe that what's lost here is that even though they are looking for that with uh, Donald Trump, you know, he, he's not any different than anybody else who's been on the campaign trail. There are a lot of things that they can promise on the campaign trail, though the, the – um, trick is, are they going to be able to deliver it once they become president? And if you've studied politics 101, you recognize that a president cannot single-handedly do any of these things on their take. There's an entire Congress, and if you want uh, these laws passed and this change to occur, you not only have to vote in presidential elections, you also need to vote in local elections and in what we call the off-season elections, you know, those elections that are kind of in between the presidential election and the next, you know, big four-year election, because that's really where you put those other individuals in office that can support the presidential candidate that you chose in order to help him to make those things come to fruition and manifest as far as the different policies and laws and things like that, because it's Congress that makes up the laws 
and, and passes those things, and then you have the judicial branch that makes sure that you adhere to the letter of the law, and the executive branch just kind of, you know, goes along and it's sort of the face of government. It doesn't mean that they don't have a very important role to play, but they, they are more so, um, they really don't have as much um, ability to make these things happen, they really have to. They they pay pay uh, they play politics a lot more than some of the others because they have to be able to reach across the aisle, whether they're Democrat, Republican, or otherwise, and bring those people together on various platforms that they want to move forward. So we just have to always keep that in mind. And you know, it kind of even reminds me of uh, those of us in the body of Christ. I think in such a time as this. We, too, are very weary and very tired of church as usual. We're very weary and very tired of the status quo. Um, we, you know, the people saying a lot of things and nobody really doing anything, people talking a lot and, and getting us very emotionally charged. And, you know, we're all excited and spirited when we leave church on Sunday. And by the time we get ready to go to work on Monday, all of that is gone, all of the emotion, all of the you know, high-spiritedness and whatever else. And and part of the, the disconnect there is that we rarely leave, or many times we leave, with uh, nothing of substance that can carry us throughout the remainder of the week. We, I don't know if, if sometimes we are actually taught how to apply some of those principles that are given to us on Sunday mornings, or even in Bible study for that matter, or, or, or Sunday school, or whatever the case may be. So we really need to look at that as the body of Christ. And not only that, learning how to take that out into the streets, into the highways and the byways, and becoming fishers of men, which is what I truly believe our guest tonight is doing, because Reverend Brooks is traveling all over the place, you know, preaching and teaching and doing revivals and conferences and, you know, trying to bring women together and create positive narratives among women and remind us that we don't have to fight against one another, that we can actually be a blessing to one another. So um, it's going to be interesting to talk to her tonight when we come back from this break in just a moment. This is Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Back in a moment. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Welcome back to Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl H. Donovan, and now I am going to be speaking with Reverend Brooks. Reverend Brooks, thank you so much for joining us here on Real Life, Real Faith this evening. Thank you so much for having me, Reverend Donovan. It is indeed an honor and a pleasure. It really is. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And you know what? I just want to go ahead and jump on into this because I've, I've seen some of the things that you've done, and I think that it is wonderful and it's def- definitely needed at such a time as this, and that is 
trying to change the narrative uh, with regards to women in general and how we relate to one another and how we interact with one another. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what you're doing to make that happen because I know, you know, you hear people all the time say, oh, well, you know, women can't work together, especially black women. They can't work together. They're always candid. They're always at each other's throats. They can't. And I, I don't believe that that's the truth. I think that we can do better. And the only way for us to do better is if we know better. So how do you contribute to that? Well, um, I appreciate the question. And um, I really view the work in the ministry to women as my primary ministry, um, my life's work. Um, It started in my living room with five ladies um, about 12 years ago now. And it really was just out of a the need of women who were coming to me. I was part of a church at the time, and I was teaching the youth in the church, and I taught the young ladies that were about 17, 18 years old, and and the young men, but the young ladies apparently were going home and talking to their parents, their mothers, about what I was sharing with them, and their mothers were coming to me secretly, you know, saying, I, I you know, I want to talk to you. I know that you teach youth, but I like to have a conversation with you. And they really felt like they could not share what was really going on in their lives within the confines of the church. They felt like the women's ministry at the particular church was um, a, a, a sorority or a club, if you will. It was, you know, mm-hmm. something that was exclusive to the individuals who um, had been there the longest, who wrote the larger checks, or who had the most influence. So it was very cliquish in their eyes. Um, and mm-hmm. so they felt like they were going to be judged. They felt like they weren't going to be able to share what was really going on in the house. I mean, we're talking about serious issues from, um, you know, uh, domestic violence and uh, to, uh, you know, uh, just your your money, um, you know, not having enough resources to take care of your children. You know, your children are about to graduate school, and here you are, you know, like, you know, you have this big job in the city and everyone's looking at you and thinking that you have it all together and you don't have enough money to send your kids to school. They felt like there was not a space that they could be authentic and that they could be transparent and really get the help that they needed. So started with five ladies in my living room and I, I just I asked the other women, you know, they were women who did not know each other and, and certainly did not know that they would be meeting at my home. I just said, you know, if you trust me with with this, um, perhaps we could come together with other sisters that feel identical to you. They came for uh, bagels and coffee on Saturday, and um, it was at 10 a.m. when they came over, and at 5.30 a.m., they were still there. Some ladies were laid straight, stretched out on the living room floor mm-hmm. in the spirit. Some had cried and just prevailed for hours of release, and I mm-hmm. was taken aback because I was like, God, what is up? What you know, like I, I didn't sign up for all of this. I just wanted to get the ladies together. Long story short, they charged me with together on um a month a once a month basis. I did that until my neighbors in the cul de sac started to complain, um, because they couldn't even get their mail. It started to be where we were like <laughs> in every room in the downstairs of the home. And so we had to move to hotel rooms and then Women were traveling. I'm, you know, I live primarily um, in, uh, well, I split my time in Virginia. So my ministry started in Virginia, and New Jersey is where I'm from originally. So I, I'm back here now. So I split my time in between homes. But um, Virginia, women were driving to meet in my living room, like from North Carolina and Maryland, and and I could not 
understand it. Women were inviting them. But the Lord just showed that, you know, he was doing something really special and unique. Um, we don't tolerate, and I, I say this, and, in, in, you know, tolerate really is the, a choice word. We don't tolerate the foolishness that is typical of women's organizations. Um, I don't buy mm-hmm. it. I don't believe that it's something that – I think we're much better than that. Um, I know mm-hmm. that we all come from different experiences, and I know that we all come from, you know, different backgrounds, and we've had, you know, people to hurt us. I mean, sure, we, we all have, have all had that. Um, in fact, I've had my lion's share of uh, hurt in leading a women's organization, but when you keep the uh, focus uh, and, and you know the mission and you know the vision, you know, I've had to sever relationships that I've had for over 20 years because they were tainting. They were not contributing to the vision. They were influencing it negatively. I just, I'm, I'm so serious about this because when we are working together, when we're supporting one another, the beautiful thing that God does in the midst of unity is something that we never experience when we're backbiting and judging and allowing the enemy to divide us and, you know, uh, when we're trying to steal and kill and destroy. I mean, that's the work of the enemy. You know, that that's mm-hmm. the devil. And I believe that, you know, if we're going to be women of, of God, women who love, we know what hurt is um, more than any other creature on, on the earth. So why would you want to hurt another sister? You know her hurts. You know her insecurities. You know, you know, if she's been betrayed at home, what that must feel like. Why would you contribute to that? And um, so, you know, we have a policy where we have women who are true to this mission and true to this vision, and they watch. And we have dismissed a few ladies that came in um, who had ulterior motives, who were a little messy. Um, some have come that were straddling the fence, and by the grace of God, they, they've been changed because they, they didn't believe that this organization could uh, could be that way. Um, but, you know, it's a matter of leadership, too. And, again, I've had to make some tough choices to keep the um, integrity of it, but I'm, I was willing to do it then, and, and I'll go to my grave with that same mantra because I just believe that um, God wants us to support one another and to love one another, no matter where we come from, no matter what we're involved in, we are just, we are bigger and better than the cattiness that has defined women far too long. And you know, that is such an important point because in the, the images, and, and that's why Real Life, Real Faith it exists and always talks about changing the narrative, because the images that we're seeing right now of women in general and African-American women in particular, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just foolishness. I, I um, you know, I, I really don't, don't buy into a lot of the reality TV. I actually call it ratchet TV. And mm-hmm. there was, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is, ratchet TV. And yeah. I, there was one program, a new one that was starting, and I believe that because these are supposed to be a group of professional women, that have, you know, high-level degrees that are working at a high level, you know, of of, of um, the upper echelon that we all aspire to. And I don't want to really call out the name of the broadcast, but, I, you know, I just knew that this one would be a little different, that this maybe would bring back some of the positive mm-hmm. images and some of the – because of what they were doing. And I tell you, I, I was so disappointed when they were being – just as catty and just as <laughs> ugly to one another, and just, I, I didn't even know what to say. And I don't—you may already know what I'm talking about, but I, I do. Well, how do you? 
Yeah, when you see that, what do you think about that? That's foolishness to me. Well, what I know and what I'm sure you know is that um, ratchet sells. And that was, you know, that ratchet sells. I mean, people tune in. I mean, women who are educated, who are, you know, refined in many ways, that's how they like to veg out. Now, I'm not judging individuals and in what they want to watch on TV. I just have better things to do with my time. I cannot sit and stomach it, first of all, because it's just ridiculous in nature to me. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, why – allow individuals on a, a a platform that large to, you know, uh, tear one another down when, when we really should be, you know, uplifting, you know, our, our, not just, you know, our sisters, but our brothers as well. You know, we don't have, I don't think that we can afford to waste time when given a platform to tear each other down anymore. I think that's been done enough and we ought to be working in another way. So when I see that, I know that, you know, they, they know what they're signing up for. They know exactly what they're signing up for. They're not taken by surprise. You know, a lot of that stuff, yes, it's reality TV, and it's also, you know, scripted, the direction. If it, if it becomes too wholesome, the ratings are going to go down. You know, we want to see, right. well, people want to see whose wig is being snatched and whose husband is, you know, people, they want to see, you know, how many men, how many women are going to share a man and how many children are going to be born from the relationship. That's what people care to see. And you know what, I, I – I thought the same thing growing up with soap operas. Now, it's not a judgment call on people who watch soap operas, whatever. I just thought as a young girl when I saw people, like, being glued to all of this drama on this daytime TV, I'm like, oh, my God, I have enough things going on in my life. I cannot be caught up in this too much. And, you know, um, it's just it's taking a turn. This, this reality TV, I mean, it's not going to stop as long as we keep watching it. The only way it's ever going to stop is if we stop supporting it. Ratings, you know, uh, give individuals the opportunity to go on for more seasons. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as long as we watch it, we have to contend with it. So, you know, it's a matter mm-hmm. of, like you said, changing the narrative. we got to get people to think differently or think at all. And, and, exactly, and that's the thing, think at all. Not, you know, I, I always tell people, I don't, I don't believe some of us can think our way out of a paper bag. It is mm-hmm. just the whole critical thinking piece is out the door. I said a few mm-hmm. minutes ago that I, I actually teach um, medical students, but when it comes to, you know, if, if I want to give them some information and just let them regurgitate it back to me, they can do that. If I give them some multiple choice, they can do that. But if I give them a case study or a critical thinking exercise, their faces, they look like, first of all, it's like, oh, my God, here she comes with that. And then they look like deers in the headlight. And I told them, I said, but these are real-life situations. You have to be able sometimes Mm -hmm. to think on your feet, especially in the medical field. Because you never know what you're going to be, you know, faced with. And we've really lost some of that. People are willing, even in the church, even in the church, the Mm. people in the pews want to be spoon-fed. They want to hear everything that they want to hear. And the Word tells us that, that they're going to have itching ears and they just want to go after whatever, you know, makes them feel good. And I get that. But, you know, at some point you have to grow up and become mature, even spiritually mature, and recognize that that's not enough. It's about more than that. And I think that's why we find ourselves so often just sitting, you know, in the in the four walls of the church thinking that we're doing something special, that we're really doing something for God, while the entire world around us falls apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Precisely. And, you know, there are a lot of individuals that are at different levels who are actually in the church. So, you know, we've got to be very careful that, you know, we're, you know, one of the things that we're challenged with as, as, you know, speakers in general is to gauge, you know, who's in the room and to speak to the middle of the room. You know, some of us, you know, just we, but you know what, what I've noticed is that a lot of teachers, a lot of preachers who are very well equipped to preach and teach, by the way, not everyone is, you know, practicing shenanigans and, and buffoonery. There are some really gifted preachers and teachers in the body of Christ, but they can be intellectual, they can talk to to them and get people to think and, and process, or they can put on a show, which is what people come to do. You know, I'm telling you, church has become over the years the same thing. It's like, you know, you get the people to stop, to stop going to the club, and then, and then you know, they go to church. It's the same thing. They dance so <laughs> yeah, hard when their favorite song comes yeah. on. Yeah, they, they pay their cover, never mind a tithe. I'm just going to give whatever I'm going to give because I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm giving something. Here I am. It's, it's my cover for today. Make me happy. Get me excited and make me shout or make me feel emotive or you didn't do your job. And so, you know, unfortunately, when you do have uh, ministers that play to that uh, sentiment, you, this is where, you know, a lot of the integrity of of preaching is is being lost. And, you know, a lot of times, too, even if you have preaching that is solid and sound, and, yes, I like a good shout and a good hoop as well, but please, if you can just give me the word without all of that and have Mm -hmm. the Lord minister to me and my soul and my soul is fed, keep all of the rest of that stuff. But the the, the, uh, condition of the soil in terms of us Mm -hmm. as believers sometimes is why we're not getting the word. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. we are we're we're thorny. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the parable of the sower. You know that, but in, in Matthew 13, for those who are listening, yeah. um, you know yeah, you can yeah. read that. And you know the uh the the soil, the condition of the soil is us. I mean, where is the word sowing? The the sower is yeah. is is the minister. The the word of God is being sown into our lives so that we can grow. And we refuse to grow because we just want to be emotive. In fact, there was, you know, that's called shallow soil. When you hear, uh, when, when, when the seed hits it, you know, it experiences temporary joy. But then when the trials and tribulations of life come, you have nothing to put, hold on to because it never took root. And so we have a culture of individuals that are being raised in, in churches now that are just coming to dance and shout, and they can't even tell you, Reverend Donovan, and I know you know this, what the sermon was about uh, an hour yes. after church. They can't even Absolutely. tell you what the scripture was. Oh, but it was sure good, though. It was sure good. I don't know what he preached oh, yeah, about, but, but we did. Good. Oh, we shouted. Church <laughs> and and, and can't apply it, cannot apply it to their lives to save their souls. Listen, you know what? We are running out of time. We have about three minutes left, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the other things that you're doing. But you have to come back because I think we could carry this conversation on for a little bit longer. Um, I oh, know yes. that you are the author of three books. Um, you also have Diva Zone Enterprises. Tell us a little bit about Diva Zone Enterprises. Well, Diva Zone Enterprises is the women's ministry that I was speaking to you about. However, one of the ways that we propel that is for um, through our annual women's retreat that we do every first week in, in December. Last year we were in Martha's Vineyard. This year we're going to be in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. We pick different places, um, typically on the East Coast, 
and women travel from all over the country and come to the retreat. And then we do many retreats in the in uh, in between where we just you know come together in different cities, different areas um, where we have following, and we come together and we break bread and we just spend time with ladies and pamper them a little bit and really uh, you know encourage dialogue. And so you know we also do um, online newsletter and magazines. Um, Brooks Media Group is actually the owner now of. DivaZone, both of my companies, but uh, DivaZone is now a subsidiary of Brooks Media. We're coming out with three other brands, one for couples called Power Couples Magazine, one for businesses called Overflow Business, and another one for the family called Quality Time, all faith-based uh, publications that are primarily going to be distributed online with a, a small population as well in the markets where we have a large following. So, you know, that's how we pretty much stay in touch with, with our audience. Well, listen, I need to be invited to some of those retreats. Make sure that you let me know when they're happening so we can blast it everywhere, put it in the magazine, let everybody know about what it is that you're doing, because I do believe that this is exactly what is needed at such a time as this. And before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to let our listeners know how they can find out more about you. Well, I appreciate that again. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, you actually can go to uh, Zone Magazine. Dot com, And that's where we have our um, online publications. We are going to be uploading a lot of the archived ones um, as well as the new ones starting this spring. You can also go at, to uh, Facebook. Uh, Nigeria Brooks Ministries on Facebook is the primary source where we communicate the DivaZone magazine on Facebook or DivaZone group on Facebook. And also we have our own private social media site that we're going to be doing a lot more on, and that's divazone.net, thedivazone.net. So T-H-E-D-I-V-A-Z-O-N-E.net. And that's where you can create a profile, and we have several groups and a lot of leaders um, that speak for us nationally that actually help the women. So, you know, sometimes they have a question about health, someone from the health side will answer. So it's just a nice way to dialogue privately um, outside of the noise of all of the other social media. It's a private space. Reverend Najia Brooks, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Everybody, that was Reverend Najia Brooks. Make sure that you go out and find more about her at divazone.com, divazone.com. We hope that she will join us next. I'm sorry, divazonemagazine.com, divazonemagazine.com. Dot com. Sorry about that. And as always, okay. remember that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.